モーニングプロジェクトプレゼンツ Another possibly, I was gonna say exciting, but I feel like it's very、uh, ingenuous of me to say exciting in the first few moments of the podcast when we, I have no clue if it's even gonna be exciting or not. But we'll just say, welcome back to an episode, the next episode of Miranda's Sweet Shop. I am your host, Shidoshi, and this is the podcast where I come on here and just all by my lonesome ramble for however long it takes. Oh my gosh. So, wow, this last week, super crazy busy at work.、Um, we're working on the next issue of the thing that we do at my work. <laughs> For some reason, I'm going to be just strangely、uh, non committal. Not, not committal. What is it?、Uh, mysterious about where does I work? But you, a lot of you know anyway. But so, last week, we've been. Crazy busy. We're working towards our next deadline.、Uh, we're putting together our next print issue, and we really wanted to put a lot of effort into making it good. Now, I know you say, well, you should be doing that every time. And obviously, we do. But、uh, if you know anything about my work, you may know that we recently had a little bit of、uh, transition in our offices. So. Things that are a little shaken up, and we had to learn to do things that not all of us had done before.、Uh, but it's been a really good process, a really good thing to happen, actually, because in the process, we've really、um, kind of gone back and rethought some things. And like I said, we put a lot of work into making something that we are going to be proud of. At least we hope we'll be proud of.、Uh, and we'll find out if our, our、uh, efforts are rewarded or not when the issue hits next month. But yes, so. Oh my God, I was at work until like 1 30 last night. 
So it was kind of a crazy, and I was tired. And then I got up today, and I had um, an appointment for something today. So, and then I've been having to play. Uh, that sounds so terrible. Not having to, but having to for work. Uh, Resident Evil Revelations, the HD version of the game. I think I'm allowed to say that. I hope. Um, which, then, of course, this was the Resident Evil game that Capcom released previously on the 3DS. And now they've gone back and they've reworked it, uh, HD-ified it for the Xbox 360, PS3, I believe, the Wii U, uh, possibly PC. Not 100% certain. But, yeah, so I've been playing that today to do for a review. Uh, so, yeah, it's been a busy day, but fun. Kind of like, you know, I mean, like, I don't, I obviously can't come on here bitch about the fact that I play video games for a living. I know that, you know. But um, it's an interesting situation because, <laughs> and it's just so funny just because there can be a game that I absolutely want to play. Like, you know, I've recently played Soul Hackers, uh, Shin Megami Densei, Devil Summoner Soul Hackers for work to review. And I've waited like 15 plus years to play that game in English. Originally, it was supposed to come out. Um, well, okay, so originally it came out on the Saturn and the PlayStation in Japan. And there were talks about bringing it over to our country in English. But the situation was that Atlas wanted to bring over the PS1 version, but Sony denied its release. And that was back in the day when Sony was kind of bad about those things. Uh, they have gotten better over time especially recently when they announced that they're not going to do um, content approval anymore. So what they, they, they said was, okay, you come to us with a game. We're not going to deny your game because we don't agree with the idea. Like, you have music rhythm, platformer, dating sim. They're not going to say, oh, no, that, our fans don't want that, you know. So that whole level of approval is gone, which for me personally, is a super amazingly, hugely awesome thing. But that kind of idea, that content approval back in the day, stopped Soul Hackers from coming out to America. Soul Hackers and Innocent Sin. Uh, we both didn't, didn't get both of those. Um, and I'm probably trying to remember which, which one was which and which one was why. But there were things in the game that Sony didn't approve of, and so we never got them. So... You know, 15 plus years later, this kind of quote-unquote lost Shin Megami Tensei game, I finally get to play. But because I'm having to play it for work, there's this, oh, I don't want to sit down and play this. I want to play something else. You know, because it's, it's, it's for work. And it's just the funniest thing is like the mentality you have, even when you're doing things you love, there's that difference between work and not work, you know, this little switch. And it can be the exact same game. I could, I could want to play the game. Um, oh, there was other things too recently. I, uh, I don't remember offhand exactly, but you know, there were games I had to play for work that I had been really waiting for, but I didn't want to play them because I had to play them for work. So it's weird. It's just like so weird and funny. But so like I've kind of been working today, and by working I mean playing video games. Um, but it's nice just because like this week has been so crazy that even though I'm still doing the, oh, I'm doing this for work and not for fun, you know, even though that mentality still exists, 
at least I'm just sitting down and playing a game versus all of the stress of the last week. So, um, so there was two things I want to talk about today. One really short and one maybe a little bit longer. But I kind of want to preface them with something. Um, and this goes for this entire podcast, like all the episodes I do. You know, I mean, I've, I've, I've come on here and talked about a few kind of personal things on this show. Uh, but what I want to make clear, and, and it's not like anybody's saying anything to me that I feel like I have to clarify this. You know, it's not like anything's happened that I'm like, oh, I, I need to say this. It's just kind of more like a personal internal thing that makes me want to say it. But um, for, for me, like, the reason I do these podcasts is just to kind of have a chance to sit down and talk about, you know, things more personal that are going on in my life and things I want to, you know, discuss and all that kind of stuff. Um, and the goal is never to get sympathy from any of you listeners, you know. Um, this will kind of make a little more sense when we get into the topic for today. But I just want to make it clear that, you know, I'm not coming on here, like, hoping for you to be like, oh, poor Shidoshi, you know. I feel so bad for you. You know, that kind of thing. Like, I, I'm not looking for sympathy. I, I think it's kind of cathartic, this podcasting thing. You know, it's kind of... Uh, free therapy session sometimes. Not, not, not really that maybe, but um, it's just a chance for me to, you know, talk about things. And I appreciate that chance, but I'm not doing it because I'm looking for your pity, you know, or, or sympathy or anything like that. And I just want to make that clear, you know, I just want to make sure that, that everybody understands like why I come on here and do this. Because there are people who will go on the internet and they'll write a message on a forum or they'll do a YouTube video or a podcast or wherever where it's, it's kind of like they're wanting to receive that sympathy. They're wanting to look, you know, uh, in that kind of way. And that's, that's not why I do these shows. And what was interesting was back when I did the show on depression were the people, you know, I didn't really get people who were writing in to say, oh, I'm sorry you feel that way, you know. Um, it was more like, Thank you for talking about that because I've felt those kind of things as well, and it's nice to know I'm not alone. So you know, like that—that's what, that's what's really cool is—is is when I get things like that. So that's, that's not saying I was going to say that's what I'm looking for, but that's not what I'm looking for. What I'm looking for—I'm um, confused. I am so—I am so exhausted right now. You have to understand, my 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 brain is just shut off today because I. The past week, I have been so stressed and so frustrated and so, like, thinking of a hundred things a day that my brain is just dead today. So I, I apologize for that. But so what I'm saying is that's why I do these shows, you know, just to be clear. Uh, and the reason I say that is to preface what I'm going to say next, and that is that um, in a way, these shows are also kind of frustrating for me because... You know, I, I think we all have things that go on in our lives, um, things that maybe we share with everybody, things that we kind of keep inside. You know, we, we there are levels of complexity to what we deal with on a daily basis, and nobody's life is easy, you know. Um, we all, it's all relative to our situations, and 
even though I do come on here and I talk about things and I get kind of personal on some of the things that we discuss, I still don't feel like I'm able to come on here and say everything that I would like to say necessarily. Um, Because kind of like what I mentioned a little bit ago was that today I went and did something. That's that's very mysterious again. Uh, You know, did something. Um, But I did. And I feel like I can't come on here and talk about it. It's not not anything illegal. It's not anything immoral. Nothing like that. But it's um, connected to a side of me that I really haven't gotten into on this show. And... It's it's really tough. Like it's it's tough on a personal level because this thing and some of you who have followed my work, some of you who know me um from various areas of the internet, you'll likely know exactly what I'm talking about. Maybe you don't, but maybe you do. And you know, I've kind of gotten into that side of my life in certain places and in certain times, certain situations. But even even here, like even on this podcast, where this is just me coming on here and talking about anything, and it's my own little crappy podcast that I think like 12 people total listen to. Um, even here, like I, I get nervous at the topic. I, I get nervous at the idea of sharing that side of myself with you guys. It's it's tough, you know, because I, I want to come on here and talk about these kind of things, but I, I like I can't. I can't yet do that. And I don't there's like there's no ending to the story. <laughs> there's there really isn't, you know. Um it's just saying the fact that even as much as I've kind of talked about already and whatever I speak about in the future, like there's still a level where I feel like I can't be completely honest. Even on my own little crappy podcast but so you know it's it's tough you know and and for anybody of you out there who have those situations you know i completely understand um like i said we all have things about our lives we all have things that maybe we're not completely comfortable sharing with people you know uh if if you listen to this show i'm guessing you are subscribed to the full morning radio feed which means that you probably listen to Warning a Huge Podcast on the rare occasion that it comes out. Um, I know, sore topic. But you probably heard our last show, uh, or was it the show before last, maybe? I don't know, one of those two. When uh, my good friend Nick came on and talked about you know, his situation, and that was very, very brave of him. And it was a case where even if you didn't understand or agree with his uh, lot in life, that, you know, he got it out in the open and, and it wasn't hanging over his head anymore. You know, it, there wasn't this thing that made him have to be somebody else anymore. You know, if he wanted to talk about that side of himself, he could and not feel like he had to hide it, you know. So even... Even today, like, I feel like I have to hide certain things about myself. And it's tough. It really is. Um, yeah, so, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know the point of it. Talking about all of that, but it's there. So, so that's why it, it kind of makes me frustrated a little bit when I do this show. 
because the thing I did today, you know, that hour of my life, I can't say. Not that I can't say. I'm um, mentally and emotionally, I can't say. Physically, the words can come out of my mouth, you know, but there's this block that sits there um, between me and the microphone when talking about those kind of things. But anyway, uh, so I don't know. I have no idea, like, how long this is going to last. I don't know, like, what I'm even going to have to say about this topic, but I, I saw a, a friend, an internet friend, um, mention this before, like a month or two, two ago, and it was a topic I was kind of thinking about, you know, had running through my head and wanted to maybe come on here and, and speak to, and that was making friends. Um, I, have, I have no idea how to make friends. I have no understanding of that process. I mean, I, and I was thinking about it a few days ago, and the, the kind of solution I thought, like the really good explanation I thought of to, to explain how I feel, is it's like that South Park episode, you know, that is now inf- infamous where it has the underpants gnomes and they have that sign that says, step one, steal underpants. Step two, question mark. Step three, profit. Like that, that to me is kind of like what making friends is. It's like step one, meet somebody. Step two, question mark. Step three, become friends. Like, I, like for me, there's, there's that second step. Um, I have a friend back home named Maurice who it's, it just baffles me the way that he interacts with people because he can, he can go somewhere and meet somebody for the very, very first time. And within like 10 minutes, you would swear that Maurice had known that person for his entire life because he was just, he could just be so comfortable talking to them. He could be just so outgoing. Um, you know, and he'd be like, Hey, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. You know, all right, let's, let's go. Oh, Oh, you want to see that movie? I want to see that movie too. Let's let's next Saturday. Let's go see that movie. You know, he's that kind of person. And, and he has this like infectious personality that, um, like just draws in people. And it's, it's so easy for him to make friends and to have that level of connection with somebody that he's meeting. Um, I don't know how to do that. <laughs> like, I go somewhere and I meet somebody for the first time. I say, hey, my name's blah, blah. Oh, your name's blah, blah. Nice to meet you, you know? And, like, I then have to literally struggle to think of what to say next. It's like there is that question mark there. Like there's some step I haven't learned yet to making connections with people. And the tough part about saying this is that I think that if you say that you don't know how to make friends, then people instantly think that you're antisocial, you know? And I'm... Okay, <laughs> to be fair, in some ways, I am a little bit antisocial. Uh, I grew up in a single-parent home, and my mother was uh, at work a lot of the time when I, was, when I was at home from school. And it would literally, literally again, sorry, um, it would be, you know, just me home alone from when I got home from school to at night when I go to bed. 
So I kind of like grew up in this world where it was just me by myself at home. And that was my entire like universe. So I think that's part of it is that I just didn't have that connection with people. So I kind of just got used to being quiet and be on my own and, and finding things to keep me busy and, and not having that conversation going on. So, uh, I just, it's, it's, it's not that I'm antisocial, you know, I think on the whole, a small part of that is maybe yes, but like, I'm not socially inept. I don't think if I am judging myself, I don't think I'm that kind of person. I don't, you know, when I go out and I'm in a social situation, like I'm not a moron, you know, I I know how to handle myself. I know what to do. I don't come off as hopefully I don't come off as obnoxious or annoying. Um, you know, I, I've known people who like didn't have that kind of level of social skill so they would try too hard you know you know the you know the people i mean i'm sure you know somebody who's like that where they just try like way way too hard and they don't understand or they can't read the signals of when they're not wanted in that situation or that or they are overstepping their bounds in the conversation or whatever it is so i i like to think that i'm not like that kind of person and i have that kind of style of problem um it's it's more, you know, that I don't know how to make that step from acquaintance to friend. Like, I don't understand that second step on the chart, on the three-step chart of becoming friends. And it's it's tough. Um, it It really is, you know. It's like, I just don't know how to do it. And, and I have, I have... The friends I have right now are friends I've had for a long, long time. Um, almost all my friends are back home. Uh, I, I, I've lived here in L.A. now. <clears throat> uh, Christmas of 2008, so almost five years now. And I've... I've it's, I want to be careful because I, I was going to say I don't have any friends here. You know, I, I have acquaintance friends. I have friends who, basically my coworkers, you know, I like all my coworkers as of right now. I really, really like them. They're all great guys. And I consider them to be friends, you know, and we'll occasionally go out and do something like recently we went and saw Iron Man 3 after work, you know. Uh, during the day, at lunch, we'll all go out and have lunch together. We'll occasionally go out and have a drink or something. So I'm not level with friends, but it's never like, oh, hey, on the weekend, let's get together and do this. Or, hey, I'm going to call you and talk to you for an hour or we're going to kind of hang out. Like, it's not that level of friendship. It's, it's, it's coworker friends, you know, and, and there's nothing against that. Like, I don't, I don't want to make that sound like it's a terrible thing because that's, you know, also an important uh, relationship, but I don't have the friend that I would just go out with, you know, that we would get together to go shopping or we would go and hang out and, you know, get dinner and talk about things. Um, I don't have those friends here. I have, I have those friends back home. But even then, like, even then, I, I, in, in my circle of friends, we, we kind of like had a group, you know, and I, I think this is pretty common. You have your group of friends who that you all know each other and you're all friends together. And I always felt like I was 
the odd person out. You know, I, 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 this might sound dumb, but I, I always felt like I was the expendable one. That, oh, here's this group of people who are friends, and then they're kind of just humoring me and letting me join the club. And, you know, maybe that goes to something deeper. Something more psychological, you know. Maybe there's some, some block there. Um, and I know that for a long time, like, I had a lot of real self-doubts about myself and who I was and my worth and all that kind of stuff, you know. And I think that, too, plays into it, is that... It's, it's, you know, it's kind of like the, the conversation that people have, or the saying, I guess I should say, that, you know, before you can love anybody else, you have to love yourself. Oh my God, my ear is like all of a sudden, you know, like when you get water in your ear and then you can just like hear yourself echoing in your ear. Like that's what, all of a sudden, for some reason, my ear is doing that and it's driving me crazy when I'm trying to talk on this podcast. Um, it's, it's that kind of like self-doubt, you know, and if... If you think you're not a person worth being around, then why would people want to be around you? You know, that, that, that is that there's a lot of uh, sense and logic in that kind of way of thinking. So that's part of it too, I think, is I had this huge amount of self-doubt. And, and I always kind of feel like whenever I'm in a group, I, I feel like I'm the lowest person on a totem pole, maybe not, maybe that's not the best way to say it, but I, I feel like I'm the outsider all the time. I really do. And I, it's, it's hard for me to feel like I am really accepted by that person, by that group, by that circle of friends, whatever it is. And it's, it's, you know, it's kind of like if, if you're single and people tell you, just go meet somebody, you know? They're like, meet somebody. Why, why don't you have a girlfriend? Why don't you have a boyfriend? You know, why don't you have a significant other? Why don't you just go meet somebody? And, and you're like, where the F do I meet this person? You know, where is this mythological person at? And where do I go to meet them? Like, just tell me. Tell me where I go and I will go meet them. I will be happy to. But I don't, like, I don't understand, you know, how this entire process happens. It's that kind of thing. It's, it's like I don't understand the process of making friends. I mean, I, I understand you meet somebody, you have something in common that brings you together in some way, you spend more time together, you, you find out, hopefully, that the two of you are compatible, you have some more interests, you have some more goals, you uh, like each other on a friend level, and then that deepens, you know, like, I understand the process, but I don't understand the process. I don't, when you put me right there in the middle of it, my brain and my heart don't understand what I'm supposed to do. You know, like, I'm, I'm terrible at small talk. I really, really am. Um, sorry, when I say the ums, it's, that's me drinking. Yeah, because I'm taking a break uh, for a second. I I can't do small talk. Like, if, if we're somewhere and there's a topic, I could talk to you all night about that topic of something I know about, you know. If we want to say, okay, 
you know, just to you, go back to gaming for a second. All right, what are the next gen systems going to do? You know, like who's going to be the who's going to be the 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 one that comes the best, and which feature is going to be important? You know, I could talk to you about that all night. Uh, political stuff I know about, I could talk to you about. Social issues, talk to you about. You know, this or that, I can I can talk to you about that. But when it when it's, when it's a point where there's no subject and you have to just think about things to ask somebody or to converse about with somebody, that's the point where my, my brain just locks up and I, I feel like the stupidest person in the world because in that situation, I just don't know what to say. And, and I think that's part of it too, you know, is, is, you know, my friend Maurice, he will come in and he will, he will just know, boom, 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 with like this amazing rhythm, just what to say to keep a conversation going. And I look at people like him and I just don't understand how to be that person. I don't know what it is about myself to change. And it's just so hard because... I think anytime you are somebody who sits outside what is considered to be the norm, that, you know, people just like be normal. And, and you're like, I don't know, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you're telling me that doesn't mean anything. It's, it, it's, like, it's like if I say my car is broken and you tell me, go fix it. Okay, I don't, that doesn't mean anything to me. I don't, I don't even know where to begin. You know, if you give me a step-by-step of, okay, check this first, open the hood, check this, this, and this, try this, this, and this, and you tell me that, I can try that. But when you just say, fix yourself, like, I, I don't even know where to start. You know, and I started by saying, like, a friend of mine had made a comment like this similar, um, not, not, not being directed, but she had said it on Twitter, you know, of just, like, I think it was something about, you know, not knowing how to make friends. And it's it's just so hard. And it's this, like, I, I'm sitting here, I don't even know what to say. You know, it's, it's this thing that just eats you up inside because you feel like everybody else around you understands, you know. It's like one day when you're little, they're passing out books on how to become friends and you were you were sick that day so you didn't get the book and then you got back to school and everybody had read their books and they they just knew how to do it and you didn't have your book and you hadn't read it and you didn't know what to do and nobody was ready to explain it to you because you missed that day it's it's tough and you know people i know out there are in similar things like you don't know how to find um, or not necessarily fine, but you don't know you don't know the first steps of that you know relationship stuff, for example, or uh, family interaction. Like I'm the same with my family. I I don't I don't have a deep connection to my family. Um, I have a deep connection to a few of my family members. Beyond that, like I just don't I don't know how to act with them. You know I I don't I don't know what to say to them. I don't I don't like it's it's going to sound totally cruel but i just don't have an interest in them because there's no connection on any level for us that is meaningful to me you know this the, these people that i hardly ever see except 
you know, once a year at best, and, and, and really not even that. Um, you know, I see these other people around me who are, have this deep, rich, strong family unit, you know, this disconnection with their siblings and their parents and their aunts and uncles and grandparents and everybody. And I feel like, I feel like a horrible person because I don't have those feelings a lot of the time. You know, I feel like a horrible person because I don't know what it is that you do to become friends with somebody. And it's, it's, again, it's not that I have no interest in that. I just, there's some weird second step there on my list. And I think for other people, their lists are step one, meet somebody. Step two, become friends. And for some reason, for some of us, you know, internally, at some point, a, a third step gets inserted between those two that is that question mark. And we never have an answer to what that question mark is. You know? And even now, like, in trying to explain this, I can't fully explain it because I don't even know that what, where it comes from. I don't know the problem. I don't know, like, why we, we have this, this situation of, of not understanding basic things. Like, it, it's like if, if I know how to use my computer completely, except I have no clue what the trash is. You know, I don't know how to empty it. I don't know about putting files in the trash. Everything else I can completely do. I can, I can design web pages. I can make Flash. I can program applications, all this kind of stuff. I can, I can browse the web like nobody's business. But I don't know what this trash can at the end of my dock or the recycle bin for you Windows people. Um, you know, like, I don't know what that is. And no matter how many times you tell me what it is, the concept makes no sense. Like, that's what it feels like. You know, because like I said, I, I, I'm not, it's not like I don't understand how to interact with human beings. It's not like I don't understand how life works in those ways. I just don't know how to make that connection. And it's frustrating. It, it's like, it's frustrating. It's frustrating to not know and to not understand why you don't know. And it's tough, you know, if, and again, like I said, it, it's, I'm coming at it from the angle of making friends, but this can work in a, in a variety of situations. You know, it, it can work for a variety of things. It's that, I was going to say lack of confidence. I don't know that I want to say that though. It's, it's that feeling that you just, you're an outsider in the understanding. You're an outsider in the process. That feeling that you don't get what everybody else gets, you know, it's that feeling of being in the football stadium, watching the football game and every other person there understands the rules except for you. And you don't know. And you feel like a moron if you ask, because you know, you sit, you, you're sitting next to somebody, you turn them and you say, you know, why'd the guy do that? Why didn't, what, what, what's the rules for what he's doing? And they just look at you like, how can you not know that, you know? That's the feeling. How can you not know 
how to make a friend. How to make friends. You know, how can you not know how to find a boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever? How can you not know how to act with your parents? And it's, it's a bigger thing, you know. It's, it's, it's bigger than just making friends. It's bigger than that. It's bigger than basic social communications. It's, it's just... It's this feeling that for some reason we have grown up and become a person without learning something very basic about our, our human existence. And we feel like morons because of it. And it's tough. Um, completely not connected, you know, but it goes back to the conversation before of, of if you're depressed, you know, it can be scary to admit to people that you're depressed because the moment you do, you're seen as just this weirdo outsider to the norm. So it, it's, it's like anything in life, you know. It, it, I don't, I don't want to... I was going to say something, but I didn't want to put words in people's mouths, you know. But I think this can go far, far wider to so many other aspects of life and just where we don't know. Like how to be what we're supposed to be in a situation and we feel dumb for that you know so like i don't i just don't know how to make friends and and you know the honest part of it is it's really lonely sometimes um you know being here in la and not having somebody that i can just hang out with you know go do things with it like it really sucks um and then the few times I've tried, I, I've, I've gone to, I, like I said, you know, okay, I need to be more social. So I'll, I'll find certain situations where I can go and meet people. And, and I go and I just, I don't, like, I can, I can go there. I can have fun. I can be personable. But I just, I walk out going, my life has changed n- not at all from what it was before I went in there, you know, because I don't, I don't know that question mark is still on that freaking chart. I don't know what that question mark is. You know, and you, you can't fix it if you don't know what it is. I know, I'm repeating a lot of this, but it's just, it just, it's frustrating. And, you know, if you're in that situation, like I said, not, not just about making friends, but anything like that, anything where you, where you feel like you're supposed to know something and you just don't know it, I know how it feels. And and it's 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 really tough when when you feel like you're supposed to know it, because like you know algebra, right? When you first start learning algebra, you don't feel like you're supposed to know algebra. It's this weird other language of of numbers and equations, and you go in and you're taught it and you learn it more by more and more and you're like okay now i understand it more that makes sense it's 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 this and that you know there there's there's a period of learning and a period of knowing it but these kind of things like how to make a friend like you know you were supposed to learn that when you were like in kindergarten right you know and i feel like i made friends i i i had plenty of friends going up but at some point, I just lost the ability to make friends. Like I, I, or maybe it's not. Maybe I didn't lose it. You know, maybe, maybe I'm overthinking this. Maybe I'm thinking that people have an easier time at making friends, and maybe it's not the case. Um, 
maybe it's just the fact that you know you you as you get older, that's the way life works. Because when you're back in school, you're exposed to way more people, uh, and and you know, just by nature of how school works, people want to gravitate into groups that can be together to support each other. So maybe that's just the, the thing about life is that when you get older, not that I'm old, but um, when you get older, it just gets harder to make, make friends. I don't know. I don't have an answer for it. I really don't. I just don't know. And I wish I did. I wish I knew what the answer was. But I don't. And um, I'm distracted because I guess I, I just found out, like, I'm not a Reddit person. Um, I don't, <laughs> speaking of things that we don't understand, I don't completely understand Reddit. I kind of do, but I don't know that I completely understand Reddit. Uh, just like I don't understand Tumblr. You know, and again, qualifying, I do understand, but I don't understand. Like, I, I've, I, I, you know, the concept is you post stuff up. Sure, you know, I get that. But the point where you don't, you don't understand the connection people have to certain things. You know, I, I'm, a, I'm a Twitter person. Uh, and I'm also kind of starting to get into being a Pinterest person. Um, but I'm not really into Reddit, but uh, a friend of mine, Anne, who I do the nichiest podcast ever with, she tweeted me today and said um, that she had gotten linked a link to her blog from the not-safe-for-work gaming community on Reddit. And she was trying to figure out why. And what it ended up being was, uh, previously I did a, I made a custom joystick mod themed around Poison. And Anne had kind of reblogged my joystick on her blog. And so it turns out that this week, I guess, on the Not Safe for Work Reddit board is Poison Week. So... <laughs> Um, that's why I'm a little bit distracted. I'm in here looking through all these like poison pictures. Uh, so yeah, I I, I I thought I didn't know how long the the friendship thing was going to last. And I don't want to just keep saying the same thing over and over again, you know. But it's 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 tough. It it really is. It's I don't I don't know how to make friends. And that's that like to me to me saying that is far worse of an admission. In the whole depression topic that we that I talked about before, because like I said, like I think I think saying, "Hey, I've been depressed," you know, like that that to me, it's not hard for me to say that. Saying, "Hey, I don't know how to make friends," really, like that is like the worst thing in the entire world as a confession to me. So, but yeah, so um, Poison Week, interesting. Uh, not a whole lot of poisons have up yet, but it is on. I guess, what is it? Uh, Reddit.com slash R slash NSFW gaming. So again, like, I don't, I don't, I mean, Reddit is, you go on here and you post links to stuff and then you can vote it up. Kind of like dig, right? So I, I understand in that regard, but I just don't, I don't, I don't use Reddit very much. I just don't find myself ever going to it really and you know, wanting to, to look at the site. 
And now I'm back a week after the thing I just said. Uh, yes, this is going to be a very disjointed podcast uh, because during the recording of the show, something happened and that initial recording was last Saturday. And then, of course, I had a week of pre-E3 things to go to and be super busy with. So now I'm now I'm back on the following Saturday to finish recording the show. Uh, so uh, most of what I said was relevant in the beginning, in this first portion of this uh, broadcast. Not broadcast, I know, but um, the and the poison thing. I, I actually I, I went and checked before I started recording right now, and all that stuff is still up. So technically, like you've lost nothing in in. Uh, so far as I can remember, I don't even remember at this point, like, what all I said. Um, I know I talked about the first thing, about the statement I want to make, and then about the not talking about things, and then about the making friends. So those are the major hits um, that I wanted to hit, hits, hits, yes. But uh, I also didn't want to just put this podcast up without having some sort of closing to it. Uh, and I am kind of torn now because in the time since I recorded that first part, uh, this whole, uh, this whole Chloe Seagal thing came out. Um, the tough part for me though, is that I have not had a chance to read everything about it. I know, I, I feel like I have a good, uh, handle on what happened, but I don't know all the exacts, and so it's very hard for me to uh, come on here and just start talking about it without knowing those exacts, because I don't want to be wrong about certain things. Um, but I felt still like I had to say something in regards to it. And if you don't know, I will try to explain it in as broad a terms as possible so that, again, I do not get things wrong. Um there was this indie developer, it was or is, this indie developer named Chloe Seagal. Uh, she made some games. I think uh, Homebound? I think Homebound's game. I tried to find the game that she made, but I could not find it when I last checked. Uh, so I haven't had a chance to actually play it. Um, and I guess there was this... See, I, I shouldn't even be explaining it, but as few details as possible. Okay, okay. So she needed money, she said, because she had physical uh, health issues and did not have the insurance to get them taken care of. So she did this Indiegogo thing where she was trying to raise money for it, and then Indiegogo took her funding thing down, and then some other indie developers out there said, we will help you, Chloe. We will give you sales. Um from our certain games for a certain portion of time to help you with your procedures. And then the way I understand the uh, process of, of happenings is that um, something caused her to go on to Twitch and attempt to commit suicide like live on broadcast. And then this guy, Alistair, over at Destructoid starts posting about the fact that, and again, say one more time, and then I'll leave it alone, 
I could be wrong about all these exacts. I, I said I'm getting this from what I understood of the story. I just have not had time to keep up on it completely. But so Alistair says, um, Chloe had previously said if I revealed this thing about her that she would try to commit suicide. And now that she has tried to commit suicide, I feel like I'm free to reveal these things about her. And it comes out that she did not have the health issues that she was purporting to have. It was, in fact, that she is transgender and she was trying to get the money for surgery um, or some other um, uh, needs in the process of transitioning. And in revealing this, Alistair outs her as being transgender as part of his story write-up. Now, I've, I've read conflicting things as to whether or not there was any knowledge of her being trans before Alistair said it. So I, that's as part I really don't know at this point. But the reason I wanted to get into this briefly without knowing all the details, um, part of Alistair's arguments from what I've read was the fact that he was saying that in order to tell the story of how she was scamming people, and let me be clear, she was scamming people, no matter her intentions, that's what she was doing, um, that he had to point out that she was trans. And that's... And I, I don't... I gonna, uh, you know, Alistair considers himself a journalist. I do not, have not, and have never considered myself a journalist. I feel like, you know, when we're writing about video games, I don't know how much journalism there will ever be there. Now, you can do things of, you can do quality writing. I, I have at times done things that I consider to be quality writing. You can do quality reporting. You can do that. Are we journalists? I don't know. And I, I feel severe hesitation whenever there's ever the um, desire to call us journalists. Because I do not consider what I'm doing to be a journalist. I consider journalism to be, you know, real, actual stories about important happenings in life. We are covering media. We are, you know, uh, uh, gaming enthusiast press. I am completely happy with that, you know. Uh, back, you know, I got my start doing fanzines. I, I did game fan. I did play. Those were all super enthusiast magazines. And that's where my heart is. My heart is in the enthusiast press, whatever that is, you know. Um, I think that at times, again, we can definitely do things that maybe start to get in the realm of journalism. I really hesitate to call what we do journalism to any degree. I don't even care if you're freaking Polygon or, 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 or whoever is put up as being supposed journalist, okay. Um, and the thing is, is like, that, that's, that to me was an important point about this whole story, was that uh, it was a story of somebody who was scamming other people. Okay, absolutely. Don't disagree with that at all. Um, it was, he felt an important story to do in exposing the scam that she was running. Again, totally can understand that. I can agree. I have no problem with that. The, the problem was that you have... Out of many, two facts about Chloe. Number one, she is transgender. Number two, she was scamming people. Those are not the same thing. Those are different things. You know, if we look at stories on the news and papers, whatever, about people 
uh, who end up doing these big, gigantic scams, you know, some investment banker gets away with $3.2 million, whatever it is. Do we typically care why they did it? You know, do we typically care like what their justification or reasons were for, for, for this? No, we just care about the fact they stole money or they were doing things to get money that were not um, moral or proper, reasonable, whatever. You know, Chloe screwed up and no matter what the reasons were for her wanting money, and that's a very complicated situation that I have a lot of opinions on, um, she, she, did, she did wrong. You know, she did wrong. That's clear. Uh, but her, her reasons for doing that and wanting that money aren't the story. The story is, is that she was doing this wrong thing. That was the story. So outing her as being trans was not an important part of that story. And one of the things that really upset me about this whole thing was just how strong Alistair was defending himself in why he said what he said. This is, I know this is completely inside baseball for anybody who doesn't care uh, or anybody who hasn't even seen the story. So just excuse me. I'm just saying a few things about it and then I will be done with it for now. For now. Um, you know, I, I have friends who are trans. I have friends who are gay. I have friends who are lesbian. I have friends who are many things where, you know, being open about who they are maybe isn't something they they feel comfortable doing in the social situations they're in. Uh, We are still a society, you know, where um, people get harassed for being black, and that's something that they can't control at all. Asterisks on that, hang on before you comment on that. I'll get to this in a second. Um, You know, and that's like out there, you know, and and that's something that, that... even just like what race you are to this day is still a huge factor for some people. And you have people who live in certain situations where they don't feel comfortable living there simply because of their race. So when we get to aspects of our lives that we also can't control in terms of who we are as a person, but can control in how we share that information, uh, people should have the right to that sharing of information. You know, I was trying to think of other examples that might work. And one I thought was, let's say you have somebody who is Muslim and they're living in a part of America that is very anti-Muslim. You know, uh, there, there are logical reasons for why that person might want to keep that fact about themselves on the down low. Um, you know, they, but they, as a person, and as that being their personal business, they have the right to tell people, hey, I am Muslim in situations where they feel comfortable doing so. And they have the right in other situations not to make that fact uh, public knowledge, you know? Just because I, like, if I come here on this podcast and I make something public knowledge, okay, that, that's me taking that decision in my own hands and deciding that I want to make that public. You know, it's, it's hard for me to say um, that I am like, like my depression episode that we talked about earlier. Um, you know, it's, it's hard for me to say, well, that all that stuff's private when I've put that on audio recording and put it on the internet. 
okay, in in that regard, yes, it. I have taken some of that power of choice away from myself. But even then, I am choosing how to distribute that information. I am choosing to put it into an audio file that goes out over my podcasting feed. Um, when you're not doing that, when you're not going on TV and saying, hey, I'm this, hey, I'm that, radio, podcast, print, whatever, uh, you know, you have just ingrained in you certain rights to how your information should be used. And the problem was Alistair didn't respect those rights. And so this isn't just a thing about being trans. It's about anything. You know, that Muslim person who is living in that part of America uh, where they do not feel comfortable making it public knowledge that they're Muslim, they may go to their mosque. I believe that's the right term, I hope. Uh, And everybody there knows they're Muslim. But when they go home, they're going to the grocery store, you know, they're going to uh, buy gas. Um, they're going to get a drink at the bar. They do not have a sign hanging around their neck saying, hey, I'm Muslim. It is their choice in how they share that information. And if you have somebody come into their uh, uh, social circles and start, you know, making it known the fact this person is Muslim, that they are taking that right away from that person and they are doing something that is not right. You know, that is not correct. That is not uh, respectable. So even though that knowledge that that person is Muslim is is known to certain people, they still have the right to control how that knowledge is distributed. You know, you. It's it's like if if you say that you have the right to to the information about somebody else, then you're also saying that you have no rights of your own to control how your information is used, and th- this gets super muddied. Of course, in this, you know, year of 2013, because of the internet. And because the internet, once something's out there, it's hard to take it back. But (laughs) wrapping around this big conversation I'm having here, that's getting way bigger than I thought it would be, um, he took rights away from Chloe. Chloe, again, not knowing the exacts of how and if she was out in any regard beforehand, it was still not his right in any way to do a news story that would get picked up where he is outing her as trans unless that is a very specific piece of the story. You know, I'm almost kind of uh, afraid, not for afraid, but nervous to even say this. Not me, not nervous. Okay, I don't know the exact word I'm thinking of. But what I was going to say was, let's say that the news story is somebody who is very anti-trans or, you know, anti-gay is themselves trans or gay or whatever. At that point, the news story is who they are. You know, it is, it is their, their gender situation. It is their sexuality. At that point, it's, but it's still, it's still muddied. You know, it's, it's still not <laughs> black and white as to if it's okay to put that out as information. But in Chloe's case, her status of being trans was not the story. It was, you know, a related aspect to what she did, but what she did was the story, not who she was. And what I just wanted to say is I wanted to, you know, again, this is not about being trans. It's it's not even about being LGBT. It's being about whoever you are and you having a right to, to control to as much as you can 
um, how those aspects of who you are are known to other people. And, you know, I mean, ask yourself, if, if, if hmm, it's, it's like people can, people can be out, well, uh, uh, but it depends on how they are, you know? Like someone like Ellen, Ellen DeGeneres, it is very open about the fact that she's gay. And she herself was very open about that publicly. You know, so if you say, oh, hey, by the way, Ellen is gay, you're not saying anything that she hasn't put out there as common knowledge and that she doesn't want out there as common knowledge. If you have a friend who comes to you and says, by the way, I'm gay, you know, that's just who I am, who is confiding to you on a one-on-one basis, then if you start spreading that information to other people, you are in the wrong because that is not your right or your choice to make. Um, as somebody comes on Skype. Um so, you know, that's, that's kind of like the point I just wanted to make is, is the fact that uh, this is especially tough, I think, in the trans community because those who aren't in that community, when looking at the trans community, they don't appreciate, you know, those people's right. Those people's right? <laughs> oh, my God. I'm just so burned out. I'm sorry. But it's almost over. I have to go to Seattle next week to see Xbox, the new Xbox. I say like it's such a big deal, like it's such a burden. Oh, I have to fly to Seattle so I can see the new game systems, you know. Um, but once I'm past that, I actually have a little bit of chance to rest finally. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, what was I saying? Okay. So, you know, this problem with outing, and this is, I think, especially a big deal in the trans community. Not taking anything away from the other communities. Please don't think I'm saying that. But it's it's like this. I, I think we're getting to the point where if you say, "Oh, this person's gay," or "This person's a lesbian," you know, I think we're starting to get to find that point where it's like, "Okay, and so what?" You know, so what? That's that's not a big deal. But it, there's still the, "Oh my God, this person's trans! Oh, isn't that crazy? It's a guy dressed like a girl," kind of stuff. You know, like that's still prevalent in 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 everything. And so the fact that it should be their right. Really gets lost, especially especially because, you know, for people who are trans, um, part of that is their identity is not, I was this, I am now that. You know, that's not what their identity is. Their identity is, this is who I am, I am, this is how I was born, I'm trying to fix things so that my body and my my heart and soul are are in sync together. And once you get to that point, you know, for those people, they are, they are not thinking to themselves, I am a woman who used to be a man, or I am a man who used to be a woman. They are thinking, I am a man, I am a woman. So it's especially important for them to be seen as who they are and not have that history always brought back up. And, you know, going back to the example of the Muslim person, um, you know, the unfortunate reality is in this country of America, uh, for those of you who may be listening somewhere else, uh, but I'm sure all my 13 listeners are Yankees. Um, you know, the, the, the unfortunate part is there's, there's still places in this country where that can be dangerous to be a known, you know, fact. 
is the, the if you're living somewhere people don't take too kindly to that type, uh, then that can be a very, very dangerous thing if, if, if the fact that they are Muslim is known. Um, the reality of the situation is, and this is where this gets especially important and why the conversation of what Alistair did is so important, is that uh, people who are transgender are still looked down upon by uh, too many people in, in society. And it can be very, very dangerous, um, depending on where you live. You know, there are some communities where you will be embraced. But even then, there might be some people who are, don't, don't uh, appreciate you. Um, there are other places in this country where you are absolutely positively not embraced to any regard. And if people find out about that, your life can actually be in danger. And that's the thing is, 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 is putting this information out about somebody can actually put their lives in danger. And that was a point that many were making in supporting Chloe. Yes, she effed up. Yes, she really, really screwed up and did some bad things and she should not have lied. And if she was really in need of this money to, you know, progress her transitioning in the way that she, that she wanted, she should have either been honest about that and handled it in her own way or found other ways to raise that money that weren't, you know, um, uh, oh my God, my brain. Oh, um, what were I looking for? Oh, deceptive, that we're not deceptive, you know, but, but no matter how many wrongs she did, the fact is her being outed, now I'm not saying it will, I'm not saying it did, I'm not saying it's going to happen, but her being outed can actually legitimately put her life in danger, depending on where she lives, the situation she's in, a lot of other things. So that's what we think about. And again, this is not just about being transgender. It's about being anything. You know, it's about whoever you are and whatever aspects of yourself that you want to keep private for, you know, for certain reasons, you should have that right. And people, other people should not come along and take that right away from you. So, yeah. <laughs> um, boy, this has been just a completely chaotic episode. I have no idea what to think. I, I, have, I have no idea... I have no idea what to think because, like I said, I, this is, I'm recording this on two separate days, so I don't know how this has come together. I'm going to just chop the audio up, put it into one big file, put it up there, and hopefully it's not so bad that you never listen again. Uh, I do want to get back to being more regular with these shows. It's just, as I think I talked about last time, uh, there are certain situations that my next show, I should probably be able to talk about, but those have really kept me busy to a crazy degree recently. Um, so yeah, so uh, new nichiest again soon-ish. Uh, new warning Hitch podcast question mark because I just don't know, and I hate that answer, and I know you hate that answer too. But that's reality. I don't know. Um, I don't know. And we wish Nick well uh, with his recent troubles, <laughs> which again, which that too I can't get into because that is also a story that I um, am missing some key details on. But something happened to poor Nick, and I really hope he gets over it, and I wish him well. 
because uh, it sounded painful. I don't know how it happened, but it sounded painful. So yeah, um, sorry. Sorry if this has been terrible. And not just in the general sense that I used to complain about earlier in doing these shows. I mean, just terrible in how choppy the recording of this had to be. But I wanted to get it done finally, and I am off next week to Seattle, which may be this week or last week, depending on when I get this edited together. I don't know. Um, Then I will have a little bit of time to breathe again. And then it's E3. Oh, E3, I'm looking so forward to you this year. You're going to be so interesting because uh, it is brutally evident at this point that companies are holding back all their best stuff until E3. So, this is Shidoshi, and this has been another episode of Miranda's Sweet Shop. <laughs>